0: Just uh, waiting for my buddy, my my neighbor, Dave, had to run back inside. He was out here a second ago. He had a phone call from his lawyer or something. I don't know. He's kind of going through a a tough time right now, you know. He's funny. He just moved in a few months ago, and he he talks to me all the time, you know, and I'm not really much of a talker, you know, I I know maybe like three of my neighbors on my entire street, you know, and I don't really even know their names. Uh, My wife and I, we just come up with nicknames so we can remember who they are, like Red Door lives across the street, Uh, Crazy Dog is over there, and then uh, 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 Bill Rick is uh, right here. Uh, For the first six months, uh, he lived here, I called him Bill, uh, then found out his name was Rick. Uh, so that was fun, uh, but you know I don't really talk to my neighbors. so they don't really talk to me, and I and I like that. Uh, and then uh, and then Chatty Kathy moved in, and uh, it just kind of kind of ruined all that. Um, and you know <laughs> that sounds terrible. Uh, he, he's he's a nice guy. He, he's a real nice guy. Uh, you know he's just kind of gone through some stuff, and uh, you know he, he he needs he needs Jesus really. Um, you know, but. I don't really feel, you know, comfortable talking about stuff like that. You know, I, mean, I have a tough enough time just talking about regular stuff, let alone talking about God, you know. I mean, I mean what do you say, really? I mean, how do you even broach the subject, you know?
1: Hey, man, um, sorry about Oh, that. hey, no problem? Yeah. Everything everything okay? Yeah, I mean, it, it will be. It's just ex-wife stuff. Sure. Uh, which can get crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so. I, um, I was just kind of thinking about something a second ago. Um, ah, spit it out. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's, uh, oh, I just hope I don't offend you uh, by, by saying this, but, you know, um, I've kind of been through some stuff, you know, and, and it seems like you're kind of going through some stuff. And, you know, Jesus, uh, Jesus really helped me, uh, and, and I think that maybe, um, you know, Jesus could help you, too. Jesus from, from the Bible, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, exactly. Jesus yeah. can
1: help me? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, how, how dare you? No, how dare you come off judging me? Oh like no no no, this? no 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 I'm no, not, I mean, not. Who I, do you think you are? I mean this is crazy. You know, I mean you've got this little magic book telling you how to save the world, and oh here's a guy, let's save him. No, no. Is I, that what this says? No, you know, look, if you come up to me talking about God again. So help me, God. I will punch you in the face.
0: Okay, you know, it probably wouldn't happen like that exactly. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know the guy all that well. I don't know what he would say. I don't know what he would, what he would do. I mean, the other thing is, I mean, I don't, I don't want to come across like this, you know, super Christian Bible boy guy, you know, cramming God down everybody's throat, I don't, I don't want him to think I'm like that.
1: Hey man, um, sorry about that.
0: Oh, no problem? Everything Everything okay? Yeah, I mean, it's gonna
1: be. It's just ex-wife stuff, it, it, it can get crazy.
0: Sure, sure. So. You know, I have a friend. I have a friend who could help you.
1: Actually, I've, uh, I've got a lawyer, so I'm-,
0: I'm Oh, no, no, he's no lawyer. <laughs> he's a Jewish carpenter. And he's my co-pilot. Um. I'd uh, I'd love to introduce him to you sometime. Would you care to break bread with me? John, what is this? Are you okay? Are you doing right? Am I okay? Well, <laughs> am yeah, <honey>. I okay, <laughs> buddy? I've been bought with the blood. I'm lost in his love, forgiven, freed. I'm of Abraham's seed. I'm dressed in his best, say what? I'm dressed in his best, too blessed to be depressed. I'm exalted and highly favored. Somebody shout, whoa, whoa. Okay, definitely don't want him to think I'm that guy. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe I'm looking at this like way too negatively. Maybe this is, you know, maybe like he'd be open to this. Maybe, maybe this isn't nearly as difficult as I think it would be.
1: Hey man, Um, sorry about that.
0: Hey, no problem. <sighs>
1: Everything okay? Yeah, yeah, it's just... It's ex-wife stuff, it can get, it can get crazy. But.
0: Sure, sure. I mean, it's a, it's a tough, tough thing you're going through. You know, if there's, if there's John, anything stop. I can.
1: I want what you have. If you look at you, man, I mean, you're always happy. I can see it all the time, really. You know, in fact, I see this tangible aura round about you. Really. <laughs> yes. It's... It's like you're glowing, you know? (laughs) Yeah, cool, (laughs) cool. And and I want that. In fact, I I need that. Can you lead me to Christ? Can you pray with me? Here, right now, I'm ready.
0: (laughs) That's not gonna happen. This whole thing—it's like—it just freaks me out. I mean, the, the more I think about it, the more I build it up in my head, then I get nervous, then I get sweaty. But what if I say something that's just like ridiculous, so stupid, you know? I, I just make a complete fool out of myself. He tells all the neighbors, you know, all the kids are running away from me, scared. Oh, here comes the crazy Christian guy. What if, I, what if I say something that's like, that's like not even in the Bible? <laughs> You know, just like way off base. You know, he's gonna ask questions. I'm not a I'm not a, a preacher, a, a Bible scholar. You know, there's like so many things I could see, just like how this would go terribly wrong. It's like I don't even I don't even want to think about it. But you know, on the other hand, <laughs> what's what's the alternative? What if I what if I just say nothing? What if I said nothing? Here, here's this guy. He he needs help. You know, he, he's giving me an open door. What? I'm not I'm not going to walk through it. I mean like like what if? Okay, what if this is like his last chance? Okay, like like I'm his last shot at at, at hearing about Christ. You know, like, like, the only thing standing between him and hell is me. And what if, what if David needs me? Hey man, uh, sorry about that. <clears throat> what if he's, what if he's counting on me?
2: I think most Christians in America treat evangelism or witnessing or sharing your faith as like an accessory to Christian living, and it's actually our assignment. Do you understand? We say, oh, maybe if this or that, then maybe if it's the right, perfect, and we run through all those scenarios, and we go through all this. No, Christian living, you're sent on assignment. Save people, save people. Amen. These next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about who's counting on you. We actually did this series about three years ago, and we just saw such tremendous growth and testimony come from people being focused on. All right, who's counting on me? Amen. So I thought about this. I brought some statistics as we as we talk about sharing your faith, or the church word for it is evangelism. It's it's sharing your faith. It, it, it's it's telling your testimony, it's letting people know about Jesus. And so uh, there's some some data out there, Uh, again, just talking about how uh, Christians in America do it. Uh, Here's one thing that uh, the data says is this, in your first 18 months, as somebody who gets saved, gives their heart to Christ, uh, is following him in all their ways, in your first 18 months, you lead or you share your testimony more in your first 18 months than you do in the rest of your Christian walk. So in the beginning, you're, you're about it and you're on fire and you're, you're excited because you have this life change. And then it's like the more you grow with God, the more you just kind of tail off. And, and, and I think part of that is the product of Christian America is this. Hey, spend your attention on how to get a blessed life and how to right and everything is like how to be the super Christian and everything is like about self. Are you with me? when God's message is about, hey, what you've been given, you give away, right? And so in the first 18 months, you just are reaching and evangelizing and sharing your faith because it's so new. It's a little bit about what I talked about earlier, you know, the new taco thing. When it's new in your life, you share about what you care about. And so it's, it's a passion of yours. I thought about it like this. It's easy to talk about it too because in the first 18 months, people see the change. They're like, man, what's going on with you? There's something different about you. Man, you were a mess, and now you're like not half bad. <laughs> you were crazy. I can kind of tolerate you now. And then you get to go, well, it's God. He's doing a work in me, and he's saving my family. Amen. I think another part of it, too, is this. In your first 18 months, because you were a sinner and you weren't saved and you weren't following God, I think in your first 18 months, you still know sinners. You're still around sinners, some of your old friends, some of your old buddies. And so it's easy to share and tell because you've, you've, you've stayed connected to this life that you were a part of. And, and that's a discipline for us as Christians, even though the scripture tells us, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. It's saying like, don't be at a core with people who don't believe the same way you do, but you still got to have them in your life. Why? Because we're called to reach them. And so I think part of it is that too. The more you walk with God, we get in these Christian bubbles, we only talk to church people and small group people and Bible study people. Are you with me? Yeah. And so, no, And in the first 18 months, you still are somewhat connected to, to that. And so I think it's important. Just All of a sudden, Friday night. We're just going to meet up at the bar. Let's all just pick a bar. <laughs> Which ones do you guys go to? Because I don't... <laughs> but for real, like, I think we'd be strategic. I'm not talking about going to a bar. But I'm just saying, when you walk into environments, you need to realize, you know what? I'm probably sent here on assignment. Amen. And then the other thought that excuse me, that I had is in your first 18 months, you remember, you remember what God brought you through. You just remember what he, he really saved you some uh, through, uh, saved you from. You just remember how, how fresh and how raw and how real it is. And the longer it gets and the more you walk with God, you think that you've actually done and earned something. Oh, look at me, I've studied and I've put myself, it's God who's saved us by grace, right? And in the first 18 months, you remember. And so I think it's a challenge for us to remember that, you know what? We were once lost, but now I'm what? Found. And we got to share that with people. Amen. Uh, Scripture says this in Proverbs 1130, uh, the, the back half of that scripture says this. He that winneth souls is wise. A person who is about winning souls is a wise person. My mentor has taught me whenever you read a scripture one way, read it back to yourself in the opposite. So if the scripture says, he that winneth souls is wise, that means somebody who doesn't win souls is what? Foolish. If we're a person that says, "Ah, I don't care about reaching people, leave it to the pastor, leave it to the evangelist, leave it to the small group leader. If we just do that's unwise, that's foolishness. You're not walking in wisdom if you leave winning souls to somebody else. Are you with me? we got to be a people of wisdom. And so this church, uh, we've decided these next couple weeks, this week and next week, we're going to talk about our strategy for Easter about reaching people. God has given us a vision and God has given us a strategy to go reach people, to see people saved. Now, obviously, every single Sunday, we're on mission to see people saved and set free. But I'm telling you, together as a body, we're going to get strategic and we're going to believe that those three services... Are going to be filled not because we want our church to be full of people but but because we want this place to be filled with opportunity for people to be set free people say oh you know what you know what is it about is it about the numbers is it about is it about what's it about here's here's what I would say this the question isn't are we big enough the question is who's missing that's what it all comes down to. The whole strategy is not, because two services is great, and I love our church, and I love what we're involved in, Outreach Center and Kids Hope and all these kinds of things. But guess what? People are still missing. Statistically, in a 30-mile radius of here, a half a million people are either unchurched or de-churched. What does that mean? It means they're not vitally connected to the body of Christ. It means people are missing from the house of God, and we need to go breach them. Amen. The, script, or the statistics say this that the current pace of evangelism in America isn't enough to keep up with its growth. So I'll break it down for you. Church evangelism, meaning the pace and the rate at which churches are evangelizing and reaching and saving people, combined with the rate that America, just people, personal evangelism, reaching and saving and leading people to Christ, those two things together are not enough of a rate to keep up with the growth population in America. We need to get a heart for evangelism again. We need to get a heart for witnessing and and going after people. Listen, heaven is still real and hell is still real. It doesn't matter how much church talks about it or doesn't talk about it. Those are real places and those are your eternal. You don't get get out of hell free cards. You don't have do-overs. Are you with me? Eternity is eternity and it should matter to a body of Christ. It should matter to us as a believer, but statistically, they say that the average American only shares its faith with one person a year. Come on, somebody. We share about what we care about. If God's done a great work in you, you should want to see that great work in somebody else. Amen. I thought about this. Uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says this, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. For the son of man, he came to seek and save the lost. Well, if the scripture calls us to be imitators of God, we're called to be imitators of God or we're called to be Christ-like. Well, if God came to seek and save the lost, how much more so should we be a people who are seeking and saving the lost? Just to come to church and just to serve in church and just to do some of these things are not enough. We need to be a people on mission. The scripture says he's seeking out the lost. Why? To save them. That needs to be our mentality in the workplace. And in the, everywhere that we go, we're on mission to do what? Seek and save the lost. Are you with me? Uh, I grew up in church. And so I lived in the area. I love our worship and I love our songs and and so grateful for Drew uh, to be stepping in with Maddie's gone, with Maddie being gone, and so grateful Maddie will be back, Uh, you'll get to see her next week, I hope she comes back, I don't know, I see her pictures, California, all that, I don't know, but but she's back with us next week leading worship, I love the current state of it, but I also love, I grew up kind of in the 90s church worship, so we had songs, some of you are going to remember this, but we had songs about like the armies of the Lord, like I'm in an army, right, you guys know that song, I could get Stacy to come up here and do it. She would do it good. But in the armies of the Lord, like we're in the armies of the Lord, and, and we're sent on mission, and we have a strategy, and we're going to, and, and so we're in the army of the Lord, and that's true. That's all true. But a lot of the times we, as a church body, not talking about vertical, church in America, a lot of times you would think we're actually in the secret service of the Lord. We're quiet. We don't share anything. We don't let anybody know who we are or what we are. Amen. If you're getting hot in here, it's just the conviction of the Lord. So just, I feel fine, just so you know. But uh, evangelism, we need to do it. The Lord's heating us up. Some of you are like, how do you feel? I feel hot. But we're, we're not called to the secret service of the Lord. We're called to the army of the Lord. We need to be on mission. We, we have a call. We have an assignment. Yeah. Like our, our, our people need us. Are you with me? Yeah. We say, I, I, I kind of broke it into this. Our philosophy as a Christian believer is this, serving should be our passion. Serving people should be what gets us excited. It should be our passion. Eternity should be our focus. Constantly thinking about emptying hell for heaven. Amen. Eternity is our focus. And then people are our heart, not strategies and and church buildings and all that kind of stuff. It's people. It's because we deeply care about people. We want to look them in the eyes and see God save them and change them and heal them and reverse the divorce. Are you with me? Yeah. Because we love people. That's why we do it. So serving people is our passion. Eternity is our focus. And people are our heart. And so in America, though, if you look at our best selling books, it's How to Be More Blessed, How to Get More as a Super Christian, How to, right? We need to get back to the part where it's, hey, we're out here to save people and make God's name famous. Amen. When we seek and put him first, that's when the scripture says everything else is added. Amen. I love this. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 20 tells us just this great story that totally applies to our lives today. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 20. It says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting their net into the sea, for they were fishermen. They weren't fishing. They were people who are fishermen for a living. And so what you need to know about that is that's handed down for generations. That's a family business. That's a big deal in your town. If you're a part of this trade, it's something that really matters. It's your livelihood. And so Scripture's telling you they, they were fishermen. They weren't just fishing. They're fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men or women. We could say mankind in here. So follow me and I will make you fishers of mankind. Then it says they immediately left their nets and followed him. So Jesus shows up in their life and he calls them to be a part of his assignment and they take it so seriously that at some point in their life, they went back to the family business and said no to their livelihood. To do what? To go reach mankind. Now, I'm not telling you to quit your job and leave your homes, but I'm just saying when you're going through your livelihood business on a daily basis and you have the opportunity to reach mankind, I hope you turn your back on livelihood. And again, I'm... (laughs) I'm not saying quit your job. I'm not saying don't pay a bill. I'm just saying all the busyness of your livelihood, all of the things that distract and take away, when you have the opportunity to follow Jesus' assignment for mankind, please do it. Just like they gave us this example of like, Jesus has called me to be a part of this thing and at all costs, I'll say yes. I hope that's our mindset in every, uh, every lunchroom, every workplace, every opportunity that we have to say, you know what, mankind needs me and I'm gonna seize this opportunity Amen. So a couple really practical things, and these are going to feel like announcements, and I don't want you to tune me out. Not that you ever tune me out. But I'm going to give you some really practical things. Maybe you need to take some notes because you might be like, oh, what did he say about this or that? But I got some really practical things I want to just kind of lay out to you, which is our strategy as a church. Um, The first thing is this. Uh, We believe, again, God is going to send us a harvest. We believe, if you look at the statistics where we say we're not reaching people at a high enough rate in America. Well, what is that? That's the scripture saying that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We want it to be said that of this church and of our lives, oh, no, 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 we're laborers. We're going out there. We're going to reach mankind. Amen. And one of the very practical ways that you can do that. I'm not going to ask you to preach a sermon. I'm not going to ask you to. One of the very practical ways that you can reach mankind is through Facebook. A lot of people don't know when we get our information cards turned in and it says, how did you hear about us? Our top two ways that people hear about our church is one, somebody personally invited them. And number two is we heard about it or we saw something about it on Facebook. Over 95% of the people that come here uh, fall into one of those two categories. Somebody personally invited us or we got invited on Facebook. So our church has put together an Easter event page. So you just go on your Facebook, you go on Vertical Church, you look at our events and you're gonna see there's Easter. It's got all the details about Easter. What I need you to do, first of all, is go on there and click accept that you're going. So you should accept that you're going. Just let you know something, I can see when you don't click accept. I see that, (laughs) just so you know. (laughs) And so you go on there and click accept, that's your first step. And uh, I'll give you grace, you've been on spring break, that's why you didn't accept yet. But next week I will read names of the people who haven't accepted us. <laughs> so you go on there, you click accept, and then the other thing you should do is just share it, just, get, like, just share it to your page, like, oh, I can't wait for Easter, would love, I'll save you a seat, would love to have you join us, whatever you want to say, uh, totally up to you. But then another thing you can do when you're on that event, this is what I'd really like you to do, is go on there and click invite. And then start just inviting some of your friends. Pray about it. Be like, God, who would you have me invite on this? And just click invite. If you want to send them a message, great. But just start filling up your invite and click click, uh, invite. And they'll come to that. Listen, you say, oh, that's never going to work. That doesn't seem like a thing." Guys, I'm telling you, in last service and in this service, I could point you out people that are here and they're connected and their lives were changed literally through a simple Facebook invite just like this. Things we've done in the past where we said, hey, go invite your friends. We believe God. They literally came and got connected, and they're a part of a life-giving church because of a Facebook invite. Yeah. So we got to do it. Let's do it. So let's go back home. Don't do it now, uh, but go back home. Do your invites, and, uh, and let's use our Facebook. Another thing is this. Uh, every single month, we have a book of the month, and we sell it for $10, and, uh, and here's the deal. We so believe in this book uh, called Sharing Jesus Without Freaking Out. Uh, that we're making it only five bucks. So we basically lose money on this because we really want you to hear this message. You say, oh, I'm not that much of a reader. You are the next two weeks. (laughs) So here's the deal. Honestly, you could read about 30 minutes, depending on your reading level, you could read about 30 minutes a day for the next week and you could be done with this book. I'd actually tell you this. If you start reading this book, my bet to you would be you read it longer than 30 minutes in a day. If you start diving into this, you're going to be inspired. You're going to be encouraged. I believe this. Deep down in your soul, one of your number one desires is to be a person who goes and evangelizes and shares. Amen. God wired you. He made you to be a person who reaches out to mankind. This book is going to inspire you and challenge you. And so five bucks, pick it up. At the end of service, you can go down the information area. But get this book. Get inspired. This will help you the rest of your life. Amen. Amen. It's getting warmer in here because some of you don't read enough. And so you're getting more convicted. And that's why the book is there. Uh, So the book, pick that up on your way out. Here's another one. I struggled in first service to share this. But this is an Easter egg. And inside of it is an invitation. And your elementary child is going to come out of kids' church today with one of these. Uh, The next couple of weeks or whatever, we're going to have these invitations for them. Now, here's the deal. Don't go Happy Meal toy on this. And what I mean by that is when they go to sleep tonight, don't throw it away. that's what we do with Happy Meal toys. Amen. And uh, here's the deal. There's an invitation in here and it's for them to invite their friends. So the little invitation says, uh, you know, it says, hey, uh, you know, uh, we're going to have a scavenger hunt. We're having giveaways, all this kind of stuff, free money, Red Bull, I don't know, whatever. But uh, it's got all the details in there of all the good stuff that they're doing. Here's where I want you to really care about this and pay attention to this. A couple things. Number one, I believe if your child comes out with this egg and, and has this thing and you sit down at night and you teach them about evangelism, you say, hey, you know what? This little egg, you know, that you got, it's really cool and that's really fun. It's got an invitation in there, but you taught them to pray over it. Yeah. Like, yeah, hey, you guys, let's, let's pray over this thing and then we're gonna put it in your backpack and then Monday you're gonna go back to school and God's gonna show you somebody to give it to. Yeah. What an incredible testimony. What an incredible leading that we can do for our family then what if it works, right? What if they invite one of their friends and their family comes and they can remember for the rest of their life, I remember when I invited them. Are you with me? That's the scripture when it says, train up a child in the way that they should go. Let's, let's take this serious. Let's pray over this. Let's be strategic about this and believe that God can work through an egg. How I mean, you know, if he used a donkey, if he used a burning bush, he can use one of these oriental trading eggs. Amen. <laughs> Is that where we got it? I don't know. Hobby Lobby, something like that. <laughs> So these eggs, let's, let's just believe uh, that that's a big deal. That's one thing. Another thing is this. This is our invite card. And, and again, don't, don't get bored. I know this feels like an announcement. But these invite cards, we had an issue with our printer, so we had to actually send these ones back. But next week, we have a whole bunch of them for you. Next week's going to be an awesome week. Again, Maddie's back. I have an illustrated sermon for you. I'm actually going to have an animal on stage with me, actually animals. And, um, and so you're going to want to be a part of it and see what goes wrong with that. But uh, but these cards will be ready for you next week. And so you're gonna take these cards and in the same way, you're gonna pray over it and you're gonna believe and you're gonna leave some at the doctor's office. You're gonna leave some at the restaurant. You're gonna put some in your lobby and wherever you're gonna do because we believe that God can use this card. How many of you know if you buy the book, if you pray over the card, if you put this, how many of you know God's gonna honor that? How silly would it be for us to pray and believe and put all this out? And then God's like, I don't feel like moving on that. No, he's going to shine a light on this. Again, many people are in this room because we sent a mailer to a mailbox. And they went out to their mailbox and they were like, a church in West Michigan. I didn't know we had churches in West Michigan. (laughs) And now you're here because you got a mailer. So next week, you're going to pick up that card. And I believe God's going to do that same kind of effect uh, with that thing. And so uh, next week, pick it up. One thing we're really, really excited about, and everybody, this is a This is an all play round, okay? And so on your way out, you may have noticed it on your way in, but there's a chalkboard over there with a little bit of clothesline on it. And uh, you can pin these on there. And here's how this works. It's a card that says, who's counting on you. It has a name and it has a city uh, on it. And here's what we're going to do. You're going to walk up to that thing and you're going to fill out the name of somebody you're believing to be saved to be set free, to experience God's love. It doesn't have to happen at this church. There's a bunch of great churches in town. However, God wants to move and send people and put people in place. But we're believing that God wants to reach people, especially at Easter. Statistically, they say people are the most likely to try church at Easter and at Christmas. And so uh, you write their name down, you write the city that they live in, and then you clip it on the board. You just put it up on the board. And then at the same time, you take a name off the board. And that's your name to pray for. That's your person to believe that God is going to reach, that he's going to save. Are you with me? And again, all of this energy and all this effort, what's God going to do? He's going to honor it. I'm not saying every single person is going to be right away. I don't, God works. We all know what the scripture says, some plant, some water, some harvest. You may write the name and put it on the board and we all pray. And that's the plant. Somebody harvest and somebody water. Are you with me? So every single one of us, we're going to leave today and we're going to consider who's that person maybe that I work with. Only put their first name. Don't put their last name and their email and their address and their, <laughs> I mean, be careful. But put a name and put a city and then take one down and that's yours to pray for. Up until Easter, be praying and believing. You can put, you can put a, maybe co, you know, you can put just coworkers. You know, but <laughs> some of you are going to be like, I'm my coworkers, it, but But you could do that. You could look, I'm praying from all, you know, whatever plant, you know, whatever, you know what your jobs are. I don't know. Uh, like I, you know, I got a, Pray for people in my workplace, like our, our tech director. I'm going to put them on there and but <laughs> praying for the lost. But, uh, but maybe it's something specific for you. You're you know There's a shift that you're believing for at your work or whatever, but, but write it down and someone's going to take it down. We're going to be praying over it and God is going to honor that in a huge way. Amen. All right, I'll close with this. I got just a couple more thoughts here before we take off and it's this. Again, I shared uh, the question isn't are we big enough? The question is, who's missing? So the question is, who's missing from here? We have such a great opportunity to reach people. They say this again, when it comes to Christmas and Easter, they say over 90% of people who are personally invited to come to church actually do it. They take you up on it. You say, well, what if they don't come? Well, what if it fails? Do it in a no pressure way. Like, Hey, we'd love to have an Easter. Uh, we got all this special stuff. We got a whole bunch of creative stuff we're doing in the service. Hey, we'd love you to have it. And if they say, oh, I can't make it for that. All right, anytime. You just tell them, all right, anytime in the future, I'll save you a seat or we can meet up or we can go out to lunch after that, right? And God's gonna honor it. Here's the deal. Every single person, the reason we care about growth and, and numbers and seeing God do more and we're praying for people specifically as an individual. Why? Because every number is a name and every name is a person that God died for. Jesus gave his life for every single one. So how many do we care about all the way down to the one until all are reached? Amen. I thought about this. Think about your week. You're saved. You're a Christian, you're a believer, you're you have worship in your life. You have God's word in your life. You have things in your life that are upholding you. You have good friends. You have things that are feeding you and And so think about your life. Think about the times that you come in here as a Christian, as a built-up believer. You come in here and you go, oh, I'm so thankful for this place. I needed this, right? You come into church and you're already a believer. You already have worship in the word and, and God's speaking in your life. You already have that during the week, but you still come in here and go, man, I really needed this this week. Oh, that really blessed me. That really ministered to me. That really helped me. And that's you a believer. Now think how much more so a sinner, a lost person needs to come in and be ministered to. That's how much it matters. Scripture calls it like a cup of cold water. Just literally, it, the, the refreshingness of the house of God and the ways of God to come in this, oh, that's what I've been missing, right? How I many you have ever been on a hot, just hot day? I mean, parched to the point that like literally when you drink the water, you feel it coming all the way down. You're like, oh, I almost, how I many of you ever had that? I believe that that's what Easter can be to some people who are parched and dry and stuck. Are you with me? Oh my gosh, just the refreshing. I believe it's gonna happen at Easter, amen?